are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. I am your host, Tynan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that. If you're interested, it's always a fun time over there. And on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to be having a lot of fun. It's Mailbag Monday, but this mailbag is probably going to be a two-parter stretching over into our Wednesday show as well. You submitted a ton of Mariners and even some non-baseball questions via Twitter. So to take our time with every single one, consider today's show to be part one. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So let's head on over to Twitter and start with Tyler at Tyler underscore Jordan 89, who asks, who do you think is the likeliest Mariner to have a breakout 2022 season? Colby, I'll start with you. Almost by default, it uh, kind of has to be Jared Kelnick, right? Um, mm-hmm. yep. Started to see the the rise of, of Kelnick in September. Um, rise of Kelnick, good name for a Star Wars movie. Dibs. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. And obviously, there's really only... Good, good title for Star Wars Night at the ballpark. It is. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, you know, there, his overall numbers really can only go one way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's Kelnick. Um, for me, he's... Not only the most mm-hmm. likely, he's also the the best candidate to truly have a breakout campaign because you can't you can't pick like Julio because he's we don't have a baseline for him. So, um, and, you know, other guys like France and Crawford, they've already kind of had their breakouts. Hanniger, maybe Toro is another way you could go, but I'll go with Kelnick. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just have to go with Kelnick considering, you know, where he finished the season off for the Mariners. He was one of their best hitters. You know, obviously defensively didn't have a great time out there. And we actually do have a question in regards to uh, his defense in center field that we're going to be talking about later on in the show. But you, know, you just look at the at the kind of month of September that, that Jerry Kelnick was able to put forward. He was arguably the reason that they were as involved as they were towards the end of the season, or at least he, he, you know, without him, they wouldn't have been in the position that they were in. He slashed 248, 331, 524 with a one WRC, with a WRC plus of 135. He struck out, you know, 24.6% of the time, not great, but did walk 10.2% of the time. You saw that the, the command over, over the strike zone just got a lot better for him at the plate uh, that he was identifying pitches better and, and, and able to take more walks and, and get on base more and, uh, you know, hit for a little bit of power as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think just building off of that after pretty much everything up to that point had just been a complete disaster for Kelnick. Getting that together, coming up in some big spots for this team and helping them nearly get into the postseason. I think is huge for him to to build upon from from a confidence standpoint, from a development standpoint. I think uh, he's he's on a trajectory to really break out in 2022. 
So thanks for the question, uh, Tyler. Let's move on to uh, Funky CT Monkey. Rate your excitement for this coming season compared to years past. Also, what about the M's had you most excited? Um, I would say this year for me, it's the fact that, you know, and we still got to see how the offseason plays out when that gets ramped back up. But for me, you know, heading into this offseason, it was they have all this money. They have prospects. They they have ar- arguably the best farm system in baseball to to trade from. They got a potential superstar coming up this year with Julio Rodriguez. Um, there, there's just so much to be excited about with this team and where this team is going, not just for 2022, but years beyond. I think the most excited I've been for the Mariners uh, recently, probably heading into the 2015 season after they nearly got in in 2014. They added Nelson Cruz. You know, they added some pieces along that roster, and I thought maybe that that would finally be the team that that broke the drought. Uh, but the future for that team and, and where that organization was at, at the time was rather bleak, at least in terms of like the farm system. It was terrible. Um, you know, they had all that money wrapped up in like five players. So while there was some excitement there about what could happen in 2015, what happened beyond 2015 was was a little concerning. And we saw how that ultimately played out. Um, but this year, it's like, okay, if 2022 doesn't go exactly how you want it to, there's still 2023, there's still 2024, the future is still really bright for your organization. And, and at some point, you you have to perform. But there's a lot of fail-safes put in place here by by Jerry DePoto and company. So uh, I, I, I just I love what what this uh, what this regime has done to build this organization. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they uh, they finish off this offseason when they can. Um, and what about the M's uh, had you most excited? Well, I guess I, I answered that part as well. So, Colby, I'll, I'll kick it to you. What has you excited for um, for this season and how would you rate your excitement? Uh, compared to years past because for me i think this is the most excited about i've been about the mariners maybe ever yeah um you know it's it's interesting you know I, there was a lot of excitement in the early 90s but i don't remember any of it because i was barely born so um you know when you kind of start stacking griffey and edgar came up and hit right away and you had tino coming through the system and griffey was already a star and you had randy johnson and you know a rod was draft like there was a lot of hype then but I can't really speak to that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess probably the most excited I was was probably after the 2016 uh, season, that off season. Uh, you know, they went out and they mm-hmm. got they got Mitch Haniger, who was a really interesting prospect. They got uh, you know Gene Segura. Gene uh, Segura. Yeah, you know, and it, it kind of looked like they had this great double play combo, and Kyle Seager was coming off of a huge year. Cano was coming off of a huge year. Cruz was coming off of a, hell, uh, a huge year. Um, you know, Felix was still eh, believable, you know, and Kuma was coming off of a good year and it just kind of felt like you had Paxton coming. Like there was a lot to be excited about. And unfortunately, well, remember they weren't even going to get Kuma, right? He had a deal in place with the Dodgers. Right. And then it was kind of Christmas Eve. Mariner swooped in. Yeah. It was like a Christmas party. They announced it like that squad Mm -hmm. was, was going to be so much fun. And then injuries just kind of kind of did them in and and they got delayed to 2018. Uh the the 2018 team looked like what I thought the 2017 team was going to look like. So that was probably the most this is probably the most high five I've been since then. 
Um, what has me most excited is that uh, we don't have really any clue what the finished product is going to look like. Like, mm. yeah, we know Jared Kelnick's going to be on the team, but what does Jared Kelnick look like? We get to see Julio and Kirby this year, and we get to see year two of Logan Gilbert, and we don't even, like, the Mariners aren't even, like, done building this team, you know? So, yeah. They added By Robbie the way, Ray. going back to the breakout question, mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert, another great answer yeah. for that. Yeah. I think. So, and that's the other thing too, is that there are some breakout potentials here. There are young players who could turn into stars. There are young players who could turn into solid regulars. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in the bullpen. There's a lot coming up through the system this year, next year. So uh, yeah, it's kind of the unknown of uh, potential greatness. Like we don't yet know how good this Mariners team can be. We don't know what the ceiling is because it's not complete yet. So, um, right. yeah, it's it's really exciting to kind of go into the air and be like, could they, you know, backslide, bullpen kind of goes backwards, blah, blah, blah. Some guys come up and struggle at first, and they end up winning like 78 games. Sure, they can do that. Could the opposite happen, and they end up winning 100 games and kind of, you know, being the Giants this year? I mean, probably not, but it's it's possible. You can't say no yet. So uh, kind of the unknown is, is the, the fun part. We're going to be talking about in just a moment how the lockout could impact the Mariners heading into what could be a lightning round of an offseason and into what is ultimately a critical season as a whole for them. But real quick, a reminder of this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars even contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Meanwhile, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Now, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate the support. Let's continue our mailbag with John at J-P-I-V-V-T. Who asks, curious about your take on the impact of the lockout with the rest of the free agent period and start of this critical Mariners season? How does it affect the team and will it help or hurt them? So, Colby, we talked a little bit about this on Control the Zone earlier uh, last week. I asked you how, you know, a potential lightning round of an offseason whenever the lockout ends right before spring training starts could, uh, you know, impact the Mariners. Would it impact them negatively, positively, somewhere in between? 
same goes for the season as a whole. How do, how do you think that this uh, this lockout has affected the Mariners' outlook for 2022? It's tough to say because every team is affected in the same way. Yeah. Um, and we don't know because we're, we're missing the most important piece of information here, which is how active and how far along were the Mariners in talks with players, agents, and other GMs before the shutdown. Now, because it's Jerry DePoto, I think we can assume that he was very active behind the scenes and he was talking to a lot of people. Um, so that's good. I mean, Jerry is not one to sit on his hands and, and wait and see um, unless, you know, he's literally given no other choice. Thank you, Kevin Mather. Um, so yeah, he, he's probably gotten pretty far. He probably got pretty far along talks with, with Trevor story. Um, that's at least what we've heard. We've heard that they were, pretty advanced talks for with the reds for Sonny gray um you know and, and obviously just jerry's natural uh style of being a gm being very aggressive and talking to everybody about anything uh i, I think seattle may be one of the better position teams coming out of the lockout but we'll have to wait and see because we just don't know that answer we don't know if the perception of the mariners has changed um you know you had adam frazier and robbie ray that certainly tips the scales a little bit but did it tip it enough to, you know, land, say, Chris Bryant or, or, or Trevor Story? Or is it push ownership to okay a trade, a major trade for, I don't know, Luis Castillo or whatever? You know what I mean? So we just don't know the answer to that question. So it's affecting everybody equally right now. Nobody has an advantage mm-hmm. as far as we can see. But obviously, the further along you were in, in talks before the lockout, uh, probably you're probably in a better position than say a team like uh you know a team like Arizona who basically did nothing so uh, i i think you're in an okay spot i think ultimately you know w- with the the certain position that you're you're in right because it is pretty unique compared to some of the other teams that you're in competition with here you know you you made the first couple of big moves in your uh your retooling of your roster but you're still far from done right now um, but like Colby said, you know, depending on how far along in talks they are, and it seems like they are pretty far along in talks with a couple of key potential additions, um, it, it could have an impact because everything is going so fast. But given Jerry DePoto's nature, given the fact that he is one of the busiest general managers in all of baseball, has always been, um, especially since taking over um, in Seattle, I think that even if you know, say the time away may diminish the progress that they made with, with someone like story or, or, or anything like that. If that does happen, DePoto is going to have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera in place. And he's going to be quick to enact those uh, and fall back on them if he has to. Um, so I think in the end, the Mariners are going to build a roster that is going to compete for a wild card spot and maybe put itself in a position by July where it can trade itself into a division contender. I think that's ultimately where we're heading. Um, Really, you know, uh, unless just this whole thing falls apart and all the progress that they made on all these things just completely falls apart and the market just gets way, way ahead of them. Uh, But I don't think that's going to happen with who's at, at the helm for them. I just, I don't see Jerry DePoto allowing that to happen. So the Mariners are going to be active 
They're going to be very active. And I think, honestly, a lightning round of a, of a free agency period kind of plays to the Mariners' strengths, kind of plays to Jerry DePoto's strengths in the end as a general manager. So, if anything, it might benefit them, especially if players are maybe suddenly a little more desperate to get deals done before spring training starts. And maybe, you know, with the money that they have freed up, they might be able to pull off a move that none of us are kind of expecting them to make on top of what else, whatever else they do. So you never know. Is that a guarantee of anything? Not really, but I could see a scenario here where it, where it actually favors the Mariners in the end. So let's move on to Curtis Christensen at courtesy baseball. Is the Tacoma Rainiers roster going to be one of the best or most talented rosters across all levels of baseball? Will they possibly have a AAA super rotation? And who do you think is a surprise name to make it to AAA or not make it there at any point in the season? Thanks. Well, I mean, they're not going to be more talented than any major league team. So I wouldn't say all levels of baseball. But uh, there's they're going to have some names come through that roster as well. Um, Julio is probably going to start the season there. Probably only going to be there for a month. But we'll probably see Brandon Williamson there at some point. George Kirby. Um, Emerson Hancock will probably get there at some point. As far as a surprise, uh, Colby, does anyone come to mind? Uh, maybe Noel V. Marte if he starts the season at double A and has a great year. Anyone else? Yeah, I suppose Marte is probably the most obvious uh, choice. Um, one guy I could see moving pretty fast, although I think he probably falls short of triple A this year, uh, Sam Carlson. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's it, it depends on how, you know, how year two after Tommy John uh, goes for him. And typically that's the year where pitchers really start to get their command back. Um, they start to get, you know, the ability to go deeper in games. Like that's when, when all the things aside from velocity and stuff, that's when it starts to come back is in year two. Um, so yeah, he's, he's older guy. He's been in pro ball for a long time. And I say older and he's like 21, 22, but, uh, he, uh, he certainly has when he's, but he has been in the organization for like four or five years, five now, years. Right. Now. Yep. Um, yeah. so yeah, he's probably gonna start the year in Everett. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't see her in AAA. Um, I think ultimately what happens is he probably has to pitch pretty well in Everett for half the year, if not more, and then he ends up in AA, and they just kind of decide to maybe not push him. Um, but that's a guy I could see uh, being kind of a kind of a surprise member of the Rainiers. Um, aside from, you know, like the Rainiers needed a center fielder for three days, so they – brought up Jonathan Classe because he was already in Everett, you know, aside from that type of stuff, which happens um, occasionally. Um, I, th- I think uh, Sam Carlson's a guy to, to watch, make a, a quick rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one other name I'll throw out there in this one, I think will be a good shock for, uh, for, for Ty. Um, how about somebody like okay. Brian Wu? Remember him? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a pure reliever. It's a good call, actually. Move, move pretty quick through the system. So, uh, yeah. that's what you're looking at. You're looking at mostly pitchers uh, to surprise and make a AAA roster at some point in the year. Yeah. That's a good call. Obviously, Wu coming off of uh, surgery, but um, yeah. yeah, he's he's got the stuff to, uh, to quickly rise to the ranks. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, he's, you know, advanced reliever. Um, 
those guys with those kind of profiles usually only take a year, year and a half, two years to get to the big leagues. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if uh, if we uh, got called up. That's a that's a good call. So uh, we got a couple more questions uh, that we're going to be getting to in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So we got a few more questions to answer for today's show. And again, we will be continuing this mailbag on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this and your question did not get answered, we will be answering it on Wednesday. Don't worry. So be sure to tune in to Wednesday's show. Let's go on over to Alex Ledbetter 15, who has a uh, an interesting baseball question, but also had a non-baseball question that we're going to answer real quick. Alex asked, worst date you have ever been on? Thankfully for me, I haven't had many uh, awful dates. Uh, I'll say this one wasn't because of uh, who I was on the date with. But I went to a music festival once and it like poured down rain and the transit system shut down. I was in downtown Toronto at the time and um, with with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, (laughs) we had to walk like an hour in the rain, just getting drenched. Um, No umbrella, nothing. We had not prepared for uh, for rain that day. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was wet and uh, irritated. It was uh, not fun. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go too far into details on this type of stuff on this podcast, but uh, let me just say this. If (laughs) you're setting up your friend with somebody, you should probably let that person know that it's a double date, not just a hangout type of thing. (laughs) I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to point fingers. They know who they are and they don't listen to the show, but still. Yeah, you should you should just give a heads up because, you know, I feel that. Yeah, um, it's it's a crappy thing to do. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I've had some really terrible uh, double dates because of the other people involved. <laughs> um, that's always such a yeah. tough like needle. That, to that's thread, a, man. Maybe we'll talk about that on a CTZ uh, Tuesdays eventually. Um maybe expand on that a little bit because uh yeah i have some things to say about people <laughs> well, and not etiquette right, right. during those oh, situations yeah. not tomorrow by <laughs> the way though because tomorrow we are doing our just two dudes talking baseball podcast which is yes absolutely which is gonna which, be fun if you're listening to this you should turn it you should tune into it's gonna be a lot of fun mm-hmm. um so the uh, baseball question that alex had is uh what's the most you would give up to acquire the following players, each individually, he uh, qualifies. He lists Tyler Glass now, Max Kepler, Frankie Montes, and Pablo Lopez. 
So starting with Glass Now, we talked about Glass Now. What was it on Fan Fiction Friday, I think? Or maybe it was last week's mailbag, something. We, we talked about Glass Now last week. And um, same thing that I said then, I'll say now is because he's not going to pitch for you this year, because he's probably only going to be able to give you like 10 good starts next year as well, coming off of TJ, all that. You know, that's really all you could probably bank on. And even that might be a stretch. I wouldn't give up a ton. I would probably cap it off with like a couple of Victor Labrada types. Like that's just like if the Rays are that desperate to get him off of their 40 man to the point where where they want to trade him, maybe they would take that. I just personally, just the fact that he's not going to produce for you this year and there's a lot of question marks about how he's going to bounce back from the surgery and how he'll he'll respond in 2023. I just, I don't want to pay a ton for that risk. Yeah, for him, it's like Caden Polkovich level type of prospects. Like nothing you're going to miss, but something that, you know, could be useful down the road, but nothing you're going to terribly mm. miss or can't replace. Yeah. So as for Kepler, Kepler's, you know, been a pretty good player. Like obviously hasn't been amazing offensively aside from one year, but a good defender out in right field. Um, still has a couple of years left of club control. I, uh, I would probably give up like, I don't know, Zach DeLoach, like that range of prospect for him. Maybe a little better. What about you? Yeah. That's kind of hard, right? Because, like, he's just, he's good. There's, like, some ceiling there, but it's, like, is he actually going to get there? Because, like, we've seen what average run-of-the-mill Max Kepler is, and he's, like, a good player, but not, you know, not anything that you want to trade a bunch of valuable stuff for either. No, he's so 2019 is the outlier. So, I mean, that's that's how you have to look at a guy who's six years into his big league career. It's an, it's an outlier. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's not something you should count on again. He's an average bat, above average corner outfielder. Um, and that does have value. But is it like I'm not giving up Matt Brash for that. So, um, yeah, probably Deloach. Um maybe a Levi stout um, type of guy, like Mm -hmm. somebody good, like somebody who definitely carries value, but nobody Mm -hmm. that is like, like nobody inside my top seven or eight. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would just, just go sign Corey Dickerson. It's, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Maybe as far as I would be willing to go on that is Connor Phillips, but that might be a little too much. I I do. So, as the main piece. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just focusing on like main pieces in this discussion. So Frankie Montes got two years left of club control. Uh, really exciting arm who's coming off of a uh, 4F worst season. Um, what do you think about that? I know you're not like super convinced that he's, you know, worth what it may cost for him. So what, what would you be willing to give up for Montes straight up? Williamson, maybe? Like mm-hmm. that's that's like the very top of what I would feel comfortable because I think I could go get Sonny Gray for a little bit less and 
pretty darn sure I can get Chris Bassett for less than that even. So I don't think Montes is that significant of an upgrade over those two. So I, I like I would probably just rather have the value. Even with the extra year? Yeah, just because I don't care so much about the extra year in this because I have Kirby, I have Hancock, I have well, Williamson in theory. All right, I have these other guys coming up, and and I have plenty of money to go get another pitcher next year. So, and you have Robbie Ray under contract for right. the next couple of years as well, and Marco and Chris Flex and, and Gilbert, obviously. So it's like I don't care so much about yeah. getting control years from the starting pitcher. I just want the best guy. Um, that could be Montes, but Definitely. again, the difference between Montes and Bassett to me, if it's hey, you can have Montes for Williamson or you can have Bassett for Phillips, I'd rather have Bassett. So I, I hear you. I'd say Williamson, but that's that's really pushing it for me. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd probably put it at Williamson as well. Um, going off the board, uh, you know, for, for prospects because he, he doesn't count anymore. Cal Raleigh. Yeah. Maybe, but, um, yeah, I don't know if the A's would be into that though with, with Sean Murphy still there and all that. I, I don't know, but, uh, that's kind of the range, right. That I, I'd be looking at for, for Montes. I, don't know if the A's would would do that though. I think they might want a bit more because, look, Montes is coming off of probably his best year so far, and uh, is young, still has multiple years of control. They're probably going to value him pretty highly in that organization, but we'll see. And also, the A's are weird, right? They they, they usually prefer yeah. get yeah they want bulk, and so hey, who knows? Maybe you could get him for like four guys in your top thirty. Right, Phillips, like from ten to thirty, Classe, yeah. and you know Wyatt Mills or whatever. Right, yeah, maybe you could do that. Who knows? As for Pablo Lopez, the final one, the former Mariner, yeah, I would say is pretty pretty valuable. Um, how do you how how far would you be willing to go on Lopez? Because there's some out there that believe that the Marlins would ask straight up for Julio or Kelnick. And that's a laugh in their face and hang up the phone type of offer um, yeah. or ask. Uh, I would give up, uh, I'd give up Hancock. Um, mm-hmm. I'd consider no LV, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Lopez made 20 starts last year, not 32. Um, Lopez has never made more than 21 starts, and he's only really been like... He's never pitched more than 111 innings. Right, and he's also only ever been like a number two once, and it was over 20 starts. So, uh, yeah, Hancock is probably as high as I'm willing to go on Lopez. Um, I would be pretty aggressive with the secondary pieces. Like, I would, are you interested in Taylor Trammell? Like, I really like Pablo Lopez, but um, it's just one of those things that's that, yeah. like... How much is 110 innings worth? And that's really all you can bank on from Lopez. And, and even that is career high. So, um, but he's only 25. He's got three years left of club control. He could be a part of this thing for the long-term future. So I would do, I would do Hancock is the highest I would go. Yeah. I'd be fairly aggressive. Not to the point of Marte, Rodriguez, Kelnick, et cetera, uh, Kirby. Harry uh, Ford. I'm not doing that. Harry Ford as well. Yeah. Um, I'm probably even Matt Brash. Uh, I probably start with with Hancock or Williamson, um, but again, like you said, and well, like we both said, is this is a guy that in four years at the big league level has never pitched over 111 innings, 
And he's never been an ace. He's never been a number one. He's never even really been a high end two. It's been about a, a mid tier two at best. That's kind of where he's capped out at. And at that point, I just, you got to be realistic about what he's worth. And you got to be realistic about the risks that you're taking on as well with his track record. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I'm not giving up a a, a premier prospect. And, and I wouldn't necessarily call Hancock or, or Williamson premier prospects yet. Um, Hancock, maybe, but. Uh, yeah, I just uh, there, there's. I just don't think the Marlins are going to realistically view Pablo Lopez's market as such. Right. And so, but as far as what I would be willing to offer, yeah, I'm probably, I don't know. I'm even a little hesitant on, on Hancock and Williamson, honestly, given the circumstances. But um, if that's what it took, I'd probably bite the bullet. But even then I just, I'm not super comfortable with it because there are a lot of uh, downside to uh to trading for pablo lopez yeah or at least risks so yeah all right so that's gonna do it for our show today and again we will be continuing our mailbag on wednesday so again if your question was not answered today we will get to it on wednesday we'll be sure to we will get to every single one that you sent via twitter on that show And anything that is submitted between now and then will be answered next week, just as a heads up. So we will only be answering questions that have already been asked as of this recording, which is about 1258 Pacific time uh, on on Monday. So uh, we will be only answering those on Wednesday and then anything else that's that's asked in between then, just to, to reiterate, will be answered on next Monday's show. So. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Greatly appreciate your support. Now, make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you for part two of our mailbag on Wednesday. Peace.